Welcome back, bad movie lovers, to the worst movie of the year, a CDV podcast. With me for the first time, actually, we have a repeat of last week's guests, minus one person. So I am Bob, and I'm here joined with Kim. Hello. And Tony. Bonjour, mes amis. That's a little easier <laughs> to intro than saying, introduce yourselves, and having that, that, that weird pause. <laughs> that awkward, I, yeah. like, wait, Genius. we're not sitting around the table. What do we do? Uh, we are missing Cody, unfortunately, this week. He's, uh, he's not feeling well, so he's under the weather. I don't know if the movie destroyed him or, uh, or what. Um, and uh, this week, we are talking uh, about Glitter, uh, the, the Mariah Carey film from 2001. Now, I do uh, want to, you know, of course, last week's episode, I did say we were watching Daddy Day Camp Day, Day Care. Oh, you uh, did. But, That's right. Yeah. But we did uh, change it up because it's dropped onto HBO the other day, and I'm willing to rewatch it because of how this get made. Um, the you know the big movie bad movie podcast and i was like oh that probably is uh is, is probably pretty low in its own year it's the second worst of the year uh, so i am cheating a little bit <laughs> we're jumping right over freddie got fingered i'm fine with that because there is no part of me even if that's available streaming that wants to watch that movie yeah me too I, that was a piece of shit but we're talking about glitter instead because it's also not a good movie um no, it, it, but it's not offensive yeah like that I, freddie you know, got fingered was shall we shall we cut to the quick i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my you know the first sentence i wrote i have very minimal notes because as kim very eloquently put off when we were off mic um there you really don't need to take a lot of notes when discussing this movie um but what i did write down is a star is born for dummies yeah um stars board is on my notes <laughs> yeah. star is bored yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I, I just, you know, and this is the thing, I, I, I'll just tell you right now, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Kim, when you said it's inoffensive. For me, this is like, this movie is, it, it's harmless piffle. Um, it's kind of the cinematic equivalent of that cute little kind of older middle-aged Midwest mom with a sweatshirt that has a puffy teddy bear on it who has like a shelf full of Beanie Babies, you know? <laughs> it, you know, it, I, you'd be the biggest asshole in the world to call this person on their bad taste uh, or on, the, on how mediocre they are because they're just, they're just not, there's no harm in it, you know? I mean, it's 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 very it, it, it moves fast it's got a lot of music that will please mariah carey fans it's it's basically it's it's a dish of gruel that a lot of people have a, a taste for i would it, think that's what so. i'm kind of surprised at too because you mentioned how like it's it's not offensively badly like friday got fingered it's it's a bad movie but i also it's one of those things where it seems like people might have been picking on a little lot you know with its i yeah I'd write I, down its average i'm at a critic but it's the second lowest of the year and as i noted on a couple other movies that we've talked about on this podcast is sometimes it seems like things are you know just they're grabbing the apple you know what's a low-hanging fruit you know uh so like emoji movie which is bad but not like the worst movie i think of that year because it's right. easy to rip on it's easy to rip on a uh a collection of cliches as a star vehicle that doesn't land um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it, it, it was a movie that, like, other than some questionable costumes, which I realize this is the 80s, but even for the 80s, some of those costumes, I was like, nope, yeah, let's it, make it, it for It's choice. barely 1983. Yeah, it's something I was yeah. saying about. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, it's, 
it's a movie where I'm like, see, I, I could see having seen this when it first came out, particularly if I was like a teenager and liking it or, or thinking it was fun. Like not, I mean, the same way that the Britney Spears movie is, is it's not yeah. good, but. It, or Spice World. Viva yeah, Spice World. I, I like see, Spice World. I, I will defend <laughs> Spice World to the better I'm not end. Gonna get, yeah. Not going to get on a high horse about my musical taste because I think the first two Spice Girls records are the bee's fucking knees. Oh, and yeah. that movie, I love. But you're right, Kim. I'm sorry. I sort of interrupted. But yeah, uh, something you would have thought of as fun when you were a teenager. Yeah. And, and I mean, the same way that, you know, like I fucking love Center Stage. Is that a great movie? No. But is it a great movie? Yeah. I literally watched <laughs> that movie a few weeks ago. So it, I yeah, love that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> but like that and fame and stars yeah. born, all these movies fall in the kind of the same same structure, and that's what we have here. Just another version of that, with this... Mike Harry trying to become a star and not being particularly good at it. No, and I mean so... she's not a great actor. No, and and no. the script didn't help her because sometimes scripts can be written in such a way to help someone who's not really an actor along. This was not one of them. This was not one like Meryl Streep could have done this and she wouldn't have done a whole lot better. It is not a good script. Yeah. It's it's cliche. It's awkward. It's clunky. Um, there's a lot of narrative dead ends, a lot of side characters that don't go anywhere. Think, there's there's a yeah, lot of problems I, with the script. Yeah, I, I think if you if you take it on a on like just a pure structural uh, as just like a, a, a story structure and it just overall filmic structure which is very highfalutin talk for this fucking movie. Sad. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, it, it does, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting lesson in what to do and what not to do and what you shouldn't ignore when you're putting a movie like this together. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, like, there are so many um, plot tendrils that just really, it, it, they're, they're like attended to in the most cursory fashion possible. I mean, the, the, the long story short, you know, everyone knows the basic template of this, you know, a uh, girl rises from, you know, modest background, becomes a huge superstar, um, partially due to a producer musician guy who she's with. And then she sort of breaks out on her own and there's tension there. Um, but I mean, there are all these things that just, that you Bob put it great a lot of narrative dead ends there are points where there there are things that are like done in such a cursory fashion and cut and cut off in such a in such a like abrupt way that it's not even funny I mean there's the it's it's like it's like there's a three-hour movie somewhere not that I wouldn't want to fucking watch three hours of glitter but there's a there's a three-hour movie in there somewhere in terms of like that that amount of plot and that amount of stuff that feels like it was left on the cutter and the director the said that there's a two and a half hour cut was his first preferred cut and then me cut down to an hour and 45 i think this was ultimately so there's that 45 yeah, minutes there probably has, I assume it has more stuff with like the friends so they kind of come and go uh as needed or like i don't what really kept bothering me with like things that would be normally a plot point in various cases where how many times she storms out of some place she doesn't follow through or their contracted commitment <laughs> yeah like she leaves yeah. snl real quick she leaves that set for the uh first video she leaves this and there's no fallout in her career for that well and not just that but you don't really it's the movie does nothing to articulate any of those things you know you, you get a cursory she's she's walking out and and like you said there's no career faller and there's also no sense of how you know, big the, she is, or yeah, you know, like, and it's so really, Square Garden, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I really think it's really interesting watching her 
uh, watching Mariah Carey because I she feels to me like a replicant version of Beyonce. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I really feel like that's, and I, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I forget if destiny's child was around before or after Mariah Carey first got her start, but I and just, she it. really feels like, I mean, and that's, you know, she's, she's one of those singers that has this amazing voice and this astonishing vocal range. And she's technically extremely adept at deploying it. Um, but there's, there's no, there's nothing behind it. There's no, yeah, there's nothing. There's no, yeah, exactly. And that comes five octaves of singing in one note of acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you know, I interrupted, and, but I had to say that. Well, and when she's singing, you see her come to life more. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because obviously that's her comfort zone. But when she's acting, man, and it doesn't help that, uh, and we, we were talking about this a little bit, like the movie was 2001. Yeah. And it, it, didn't feel like a 2001 movie to me partially uh just the i for some reason in my mind it was older and i'm realizing that part of that is yes they said in the 80s but also mariah carey in this movie she's playing somebody who's supposed to be like 21 or 22 and she's obviously what 30 something yeah like, i don't know how old something she like that and this is a project she's been trying to work get off the ground for good decade at this point and you you can tell because part of what kept distracting me is i'm like you're acting like you're barely 20 and you're very much obviously not barely 20 and so why not adjust accordingly because i feel you trying to act like you're a 20 year old when you're not and it's yeah you're not a good enough actor to pull it off oh she was 30 when when they made this yeah and she looks like she's 30 she looks good but she looks like she's 30 she doesn't look like she's supposed to be some wide-eyed barely new to this like and i love thank you i I, and i love when they try to do that wardrobe wise because there's was that one key scene where uh podme lakshmi from top chef which p.s top chef (laughs) i full-on lost it when she appeared i was like i was like what (laughs) i'm like oh my god yes you know and her doing the whole conceited the whole conceited bitch thing but then there there's that scene where the three girls are you know uh Billy Frank. Okay, lamest fucking character name on the planet. Billy Frank. Fuck. That's how inspired this movie is. Billy Frank. I just want to out with the brat and uh, and and the other friend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But but um, they've got Mariah Carey in like she's she's in like that baseball cap and and the pigtails and the short shorts and it's so transparently obvious they're trying to make her look like she's twenty and it's like. Well, yeah, you're 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 a thirty-year-old woman dressed like an eighteen-year-old. An eighteen-year-old from nineteen ninety-five for a movie that takes place in nineteen eighty-three. Not that there's anything wrong with that, no, but but that's you know. the fastest way to age somebody too is to make them exactly. dress. Exactly. Thank and, you. And she's, I mean, she's hot. Like she she doesn't need to. They could have dressed her in a way that still felt young, without making it seem like she was trying to dress the age she was. Because there was. The, the the moment where they're she's like in the bikini and they're like she's not comfortable with this and I'm like yes she is <laughs> she's fine with it she's not because she's not twenty and, and insecure she's yeah. a woman who's very secure about herself and how she looks and again Mariah Carey is just not a good enough actress to make us think otherwise and that's yeah, okay she's not an actress she's a singer yeah, yeah. It, it, and and on that like of, of how she feels like I found it weird that 
so much of her own emotions was told by other people in the room, particularly yeah. white DJ boyfriend, who yeah. apparently is a major DJ or apparently are things. <laughs> The best yeah, DJ would, in the world of Spin Magazine. He's like uh, the yeah, the, <laughs> like the the cover, and I was like, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> is that a thing? This guy's the the best, not Terrence Howard. <laughs> well, I this is what's interesting to me is I I don't know how much I Matt's Beasley. Uh, I saw the Tom Jones BBC series that he was in, and I thought he was quite charming in it. This is a long time ago. Oh yeah, that was a good. Yeah. I liked that. That yeah. was very good. I, when I first saw it, I thought, and and from there on in, I thought this guy's going to be like. I, he feels to me sort of like a. Um, like a like a junior league version of Ewan McGregor. I had There's that in my notes too. Funny, funny McGregor. You. Uh, <laughs> but what's really weird is, and what's really actually very interesting is, this guy is like a classically trained musician. He he's like a major. He yeah. he started a jazz ensemble twenty some years ago. He was a guest pianist for uh, James Brown when James Brown was performing at the Roundhouse for like some BBP, BBC show. Uh, he's performed with like tons and tons of amazing people he's classically trained at percussion piano he plays marimba and you see him, told us that <laughs> yeah yeah i know but you see all this in the movie and it's like god you know if there if this movie would have had a brain in its head there's like so much interesting material uh, you know th this guy like legitimately has talent but this movie is so poorly written yeah you, it, it, it's just another it's just another MacGuffin in a movie that's just like piled with them. When, and he has one moment where he's like showing somebody, he's like, no, 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 you need to play the drums like this. And I remember yeah. when I when when the moment was first starting, I was like, oh God. And then he started playing, I was like, oh no, dude oh, knows how to play. Yeah. Dude actually knows yeah, how to play. I expected it to be one moment where like, he's just awful. And it's like, obviously he's out as like, no, he's good with this band. He, and that's why it's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and why didn't, instead of making him a DJ or something, why couldn't they make, make him a musician who collaborates with her? I don't, so like, the you know, the scene at the club also, where he, you know, puts on the tape and she's ready to sing immediately. Yeah, you know? it seemed like one of the things is backwardsly written. This would all need to have her to much, do this. Yeah. So we need to have him we're do this. For, we're looking for too much, um, too much density and structure from this movie. Put it was, uh, that, that was an odd sequence though because he's sitting there at the club you know he's apparently he maybe owns this club too i don't know that was uh, a little ambiguous and yeah. they, do, they give him the tape he listens like yeah this isn't uh cake you know cake woman uh, and it's like and then he they immediately puts <laughs> on they're ready to sing like immediately like they were sitting there waiting for the cue for how long <laughs> Yeah, I guess he's like, listen, you're like, nah, shit, puts it away, and they're like, okay, we're on stage, so let's <laughs> wonder. <laughs> yeah, there is just well, and, and God, some of the dialogue, some of the actors, I don't like the actual actors, not the Mariah Carey actors, but some of the actors, <laughs> I was like, I give you so much credit for not busting a gut laughing with some of these lines. It's oh, it's God, so cliche and so, um, like, oh, hmm, yeah. uh, but it, I, I will say again, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, it's not good, but it, it's nowhere near the train wreck I thought it would be. Uh, yeah, I agree. You come I in agree. knowing it has like a 14 on Metacritic because I finally looked it up and I'm like, no. <laughs> I watched so much. Like I, if, if this movie, if I had to watch this again, I'd 
be like, okay, like I again, the music's fun. Uh, I enjoyed ragging on the costumes. Like they're bad enough. I would enjoy <laughs> looking at them again and being like, my God, what were you thinking? Some weird and, ass 80s fashion, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and Padma uh, coming on was such an utter delight. Partially too, because again, she's a bad actress. She is bad. She's as bad an actress as the character is a singer. Exactly. Like, but it, it makes it almost charming. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, there's that, there's that, you know, it, it, it's it's a party movie. It's a movie that you put on when your friends are coming over to sit around and, and eat pizza and drink and laugh at, but in a way that's like fun and bonding, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's one of those people where every decision was off by just a little bit. So it doesn't yeah. quite land, but it doesn't come off like something like The Room or, yeah, the Freddy Got Fingered you mentioned earlier, which another Vanity Project gets <laughs> me to shit. Uh, <laughs> it's just not quite there like a different set of yeah. people like this is the first time I, I think the director directed one one feature film before um and mostly worked in tv uh, yeah and so he's actually he's actually it's it's Vondi curtis hall who is a really terrific character actor um if yeah, you've seen the Netflix, Netflix, yeah. yeah he's in daredevil as uh uh Yurik, the the reporter in the first oh, season yeah. mm-hmm. he's a great character actor and uh, you know in his defense i mean this movie moves at least you know it, it, it does it, I, yeah i really I don't blame a lot of this on him but just kind of yeah, I, I, I think it was just crappily edited and the script was hopeless. So. I the script more than anything else is like the, the directing is fine. Like it, it moves, it does sort of have a TV feel to it. Like there's times where I'm like in another lifetime, this could have been a, a lifetime movie. Um, oh yeah. It Absolutely. has that sort of almost like cheapness to it. It also has that clipped quality, you know. That's why yeah. you get. That's why you get things like the whole, like what the whole Eric Benes, you know. I'm not even going to call it a subplot. The, the, I forgot the about that subplot until right now because that's also another thing that just vanishes on the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, and it's just like, you know, you could have done, you could have focused on any one of these things, and like maybe, and it seems like it wouldn't have taken a ginormous amount of effort to kind of zero in on the burgeoning you know and i'll use air quotes relationship that sort of starts to develop between eric benet and um belly frank mm. but i but they don't you know and, and it seems like it would be it, it would have been relatively simple and i also think i'm very interested in i, I don't know if, if you guys were bothered by this but i was really bothered by what a dickhead dice was yeah you know? i was really bothered i was, I was like low-key abusive yeah. for like the entire thing you know yeah yeah, and controlling, and, it's like, and also not attractive enough to be that much of a dick. <laughs> with leather pants that he never changes. And yeah, and, and, and the, the open DJ, shirt where you're just like, yeah. I'm walking, I'm walking, like, oh boy. And the medallion, the dice necklace. <sighs> yeah. Oh, man. No, this guy's no, cool. No. This guy's so cool. He's like, so, well, you know, gets back to the whole costume design thing. The yeah. whole, it's like, oh my God, just, and I, you know, I, I think Terrence Howard is a terrific actor. I'm just sad that his mustache is too thin because he can't twirl it <laughs> like the fucking superficial it. one-dimensional bad guy that he is in the movie. He seemed kind of annoyed to actually kind of be there. <laughs> sure, that's also just his face. Yeah, true. Hey, that's <laughs> why you get replaced by Don Cheadle halfway through. I mean, <laughs> oh god! Uh, if only you knew what was to come. Yeah, <laughs> Terrence. Howard. Yeah, when, oh, when Alice and I watching, I kept making jokes about being replaced you know, by Don Cheadle during the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, gee. Which he was. He was replaced by Max Beasley in Glitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, there 
there you go. For that million dollar thing, which wouldn't pay him for, you know. I was like, <laughs> that was kind of, and that was also another weird moment there where he's like, yeah, give me a million dollars for it. He's like, okay, and we think it happens. And then he's like, oh, are you going to give me that money? 100,000, yeah, sure. not a million. 100,000. 100,000, whatever it was, yeah. And like, no, nah, cool. We'll just let it go for a while. And like, and obviously they're making is your, money. So it was that weird line about like, do you have food? Are you hungry? And he's like, I do. Come to me when you're not. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this dialogue? Oh, Wait, no, it does. It, it, well, because when he did it too, then I was like, dude, you're not going to get your money now. <laughs> like the, the album isn't out yet. They're, they're putting out singles, so there's no album behind it. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was such a bizarre twist in the plot. So I'm like, hey, everybody's going to know it's you. B, you're getting nothing now, and you're gonna go to jail. I'm, yeah. I'm miss- you, she's, this. She's opening a Madison Square Garden tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it was so bizarre, and and it's one of those where you're like, what did the the screenwriter? What? I, mm, but mm. let me get all this exposition in a letter. I'm gonna leave at Madison Square Garden with that rose about your mom and about, about our your mom. <laughs> By the way, I found oh, your mom. This is something we can have on our own. But I'll write in a letter for you, <laughs> just was, in case I die. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. Uh, yeah, and and I I kept getting confused by why did it need to be set in the 80s outside of the like dance track stuff. But I think that was kind of part of it. I don't know. Like, yeah, it didn't it could have been said in 1995 and been all right, you know. And been all right. In fact, I I almost feel like it would have read better. Maybe it was some way to actually kind of distance from her in some way. Like, if it was in the 90s, it'd be more directly than Mariah Carey's story. I don't know when her first hit was, but I think of her the nine, in the 90s early artists. 90s. Yeah, it was like. The but like 90s, pushing it to like 83, maybe they can do that. I don't know, but it feels very like 90s and every way it, it feels very 90s until you're reminded yeah. it's the 80s and then they're like oh that's why you're wearing that hat okay yeah that's it's what, really mm. yeah well and it's like a lot an awful lot of the hairstyles are very 90s as well you yeah. know it's like, and even it's and like the makeup this, choices it's like when yeah, they were doing absolutely. the uh they were doing the overlay they said it took place 1983 they just clicked the wrong button and no one noticed you know yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> a type of that you know should have said 93 you know because there's uh, it, literally no no reason otherwise than to take out like phones and stuff like that. You know? Well, and they, and they they do that classic cliche thing of using you know tracks of that era to be like basically the one of the few major you know stamps of this is 1983. You know, yeah. uh, with like not not the songs that she's doing, but the but the songs that are although she's doing a she's doing what sounds like a cover of that Robert Palmer song. I didn't yeah, she to turn is. you on is her big hit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, who knows, you know, I mean, I, you know, maybe it's cause she's from an era, maybe it's cause she grew up in the eighties and she, and she's, you know, still, you know, beholden and loves those songs. I mean, her first, one of her early big hits sampled Tom Tom Club's genius of love anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's, you know, she, there's, there's, there's an underpinning of an underpinning of, of eighties to like uh, some of her stuff anyway. But it just, yeah, I, I agree. It does not need to be set in 1983. I mean, who knows? Maybe they got a deal on the royalties for, you know, Blondie's Heart of Glass and Grandmaster Flash's The the Message and shit. Who knows? I, you know. Yeah, maybe, uh, I was thinking maybe, uh, oh, shoot, I, I had the reason that in my head there for a second ago, I lost it. Uh, but maybe this, you know, so they don't have to explain CDs aren't present yet, you know, isn't that, you know, even though in this world, <laughs> tapes would still be a, a big thing, well, you know. Particularly in the early 90s, like 
CDs were still proliferous. They came out in, in the 1985, early 90s. but they yeah, yeah but, it was until the 90s when didn't... they took over. Yeah, like the Switch wasn't fully made. Like I had a Walkman for years, even though we had a CD player in the house. I had a, a boombox, but like I didn't get a Discman till I was uh, a teenager, I don't think. I've just aged myself, but um, it's because people Whoa. wore less bras in the '80s, right? According to movies. According to movies, yeah, and, and had a lot yeah, of like pillow fights. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there were some times too where I wanted to be like, "Oh, sweetie," as one busty girl to another. <laughs> whoever whoever designed the costumes for this did not know what to do with breasts. They did not know. They <laughs> flat out were just like, "I understand what these flabs of flesh are. I'm just gonna put. I'm gonna I'm gonna costume you like I would any woman who didn't have boobs." Because there was times where I was like, "You you're making Mariah Carey look." dumpy in some of these outfits and she yeah. is not a dumpy lady um and there was a couple times they got it right but there was one dress she wore i just remember the way the chest was gaping out and you saw the br- and i was just like oh no yeah, they no. kind of slid the sides like, that was weird yeah, yeah. I was it's like because like, <laughs> i guess probably in 1985 which is why they needed the movie 1983 <laughs> but i like did you did you hate her did did the did she piss off the costume designer well, that's why I gave her those granny panties during that first sex scene, too. Yeah, I'm like, who? What did you, did you sleep with the costume designer's person? What happened? What did, why did they hate you so much? Why did they hate you? Oh, dude, you know, I've heard, I've heard that uh, she can be somewhat difficult, but then, you know, any strong woman, people say that, but I, I've heard that she's a bit of a prima donna, so who knows, maybe it was the costume person's revenge. I mean, there's a reason you'd never piss off the costume designer, the makeup designer, or the lighting designer, because they can Amen. make you look bad. Yeah. I mean, you some shouldn't of the hair off anyway, decisions but. this was weird too. Like, but it's also weird about the, sometimes that the um with the trying to figure out the timeline is like it w- within cuts it would change like do later the same period, uh, yeah. where like the camera changed from here to here. Of course, I'm being visual in an audio medium. Uh, but over here she's wearing one thing and has her hair one way that it cuts, and it's supposed to be sometime later. She's wearing completely different things. But there wasn't mm-hmm. really a time it was like is the same day, same week, same time. But they're using you know the fashion and the weird fashion, various different ways to, to do that in a um it was one uh, the the scene with the publicist where they're like what are you wearing and she's like a shirt i just wrapped a shirt around myself i'm like no human being ever no one does that especially again not a woman with tatas she is not doing that <laughs> but now they gotta go to the music awards that they're just on the way to because no one plans anything in this movie either yeah it's like suddenly we're going to the awards <laughs> and no one's looking for her before she's about to go online on 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 snl or go, about to go live at at her giant concert she'll show up when she decides to show no, up the, the, the pa or something would be peeing themselves trying to find her being like where the frack is this lady no, no. the pr people keep care of her for some reason <laughs> her publicist well, her publicist yeah. was the one yeah which and to be not- fair that is accurate but and there's nothing, and of course, you know, there's nothing, I mean, they're all characters anyway. You know, the publicist people are just complete until, the, the publicist characters feel like they should be like um, a 10 second sight gag that goes away. But they yeah. still, but they're still there as though occasionally they're like when the movie of, needs them to show up. When the movie yeah, needs exactly. Them. Same thing with like to the friends. They kind of they appear when they're needed for this scene. Mm-hmm. Other than yeah. that, they are off in their own little world and like, oh, we it's, need them. Come back. Talking and about being sexy. Ooh. And it's and what's really funny is people piss and moan about old movies, but when I think about like 
uh, stuff like 42nd Street from 1934 mm -hmm. and like the first couple of versions of A Star is Born, they lay this, they lay this shit out. You know, they create a character. Mm -hmm. The character serves a function. You can sense when a character's not going to be significant. Um, you, you get actual inferences of a character's importance as the movie progresses. You get an idea of what's going on artistically, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, in the head of this, you know, superstar that's, that's been suddenly born. You get none of that in this movie. So, you know, go figure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, but you know, it's funny. I mean, we're sitting here, you know, picking at it massively, but I, Again, I I have no ill will towards this movie, you know. No, none. I, it's the we're talking first, about it because specifically where it landed on my Metacritic more than you know. Yeah, finding it's, it's, a, it's, a notorious badly movie, you know. And it is curious to me because Jesus Christ, this was the year of yes, Freddie got fingered and Joe Dirt. Yeah, I was and looking like, at yeah, and uh, Soul Survivors and well, Valentine, I kind of like, but like. Oh, but, I like yeah. Valentine. Valentine's an underappreciated. And Corky Romano. <laughs> Corky oh fucking Romano, that's right. Wow. Yeah, like, there are a lot of worse movies that got better ratings. Not by much, but enough. I, you know, <laughs> I think that maybe there's an element of, uh, for somebody at least, uh, that there might be an element of the fun bad to this. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think there, I think there is an element of that. Um, I don't think it's quite bad enough ironically to be like really uproariously fun bad in the way that like you know battlefield earth is or whatever um but i think that there's that element of fun bad uh and i think kim nailed it when she said it's the kind of movie you put on with your friends at a pizza party and just kind of yeah. you know laugh I at you know i'm oh, sorry God. Uh, so no, I a wonderful lot of the trashing this came out with uh for you know we briefly mentioned it earlier this came out september uh 21st so in 2001 so it's it was a f uh glass house came out the same week as 9 11 happened and this came out the next week after that uh oh wow yeah so this is a, hmm. and it came out in 11th place from its opening week and made two million dollars out of a 44 million dollar budget or 22 million dollar budget uh ultimately ending with five million ultimately uh but uh if something, you know, an obvious vanity project comes out so close, I don't know, maybe just people just had something they wanted to dig on, you know? Yeah. It's not to say yeah. it's completely different things, you know? And, uh, and I'm yeah. not, not uh, which made it kind of weird to see the towers a couple times in the movie and yeah. thinking it when I was oh watching it, you know, yes. came out yes. only 10 days later. Um, and I can't imagine, like, I know, Kim, you were in New York at the time. It's not a structure we get. It's not something we want to get into at this point. But but that is, it's <laughs> please, so please, close <laughs> to 9-11 and taking place in New York. It almost seemed like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about the 9-11 the connection only because, again, in my mind, this movie came out in the 90s and not uh 2001 but yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that's an interesting point i think there there is something to be said for context because uh, you know that in the immediate you know in the immediate aftermath you know culturally of 9-11 i think the last thing people wanted to see was a, a frothy star vehicle with a prima donna just kind of doing her thing yeah. that was not you know that didn't have you know consideration for you know that that, that was kind of clunky and junky script wise and and just was not great mm -hmm. um i i think that some knives some knives might have been out 
at kind of the frivolity of the movie, considering the time it came out. I, you know, we can speculate about this all night. It's kind of interesting to kind of pick around and, and contemplate the context of it. But I mean, there might be an element to that. Yeah, I, I absolutely think there is compared to the, you know, so the other really, really awful movies that came out around the same year that, yeah. uh, that got slightly better, better ratings. I think my cat's coming in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here she comes. Uh, for the people at home who can't see Daddy. her, sorry. Hi, Kaylee. Um, but yeah, it, uh, at the same time, the same week was out was, yeah, the, the Glass House came the week before. The winner of that week was Hardball in its second week. Uh, the John mm-hmm. Reeves uh, film, you know, it was a little lighter. Yeah. Musketeer, Rush Hour 2, you know, Rat Race, Jeepers Creepers. Oh, God, wow. Um, cool. American Pie 2. So the things that did better than it that weekend, you know, were lighter movies. Mm-hmm. more yeah. comedic based things besides like well the others isn't comedic but it's fantastic but uh but here you have you can throw stuff at glitter also coming out of the weekend is uh the the omega code 2 medigo but um yeah i'm amazed <laughs> how many of these movies i forgot existed too. <laughs> oh, like, my oh God. yeah that was a movie <laughs> oh the omega code i'm getting all misty eyed i saw that first run in the theater <laughs> Omega Code 2, I shit you not. I'm a Michael York fan. What can I say? Oh, I'll give you that. <laughs> and a Casper Van Dien fan. Mm. We should do a whole retrospective on Casper Van Dien because he's almost like, he, he's, he, he's sort of his own human worst movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Starship Troopers. I love Starship Troopers. Actually, it's on my DVR right now. Because no, almost every time it's on, I feel compelled to DVR it to watch later. And I'm like, or I could just one of these days buy the DVD. But no, it's more fun to find it on television. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great flick. <laughs> and it, great. yeah, it's a wonderful refraction. Uh, if, and if you are going to, if you're going to, if anyone wants to watch Glitter after listening to us while it's streaming, it does have a refrax, which is how we watched it. You know, with, uh, with Mike Nelson and Mary Jo Peel, uh, which mm-hmm. made it. A lot more fun because uh, they were gripping on kind of a lot of the same things that we were pointing out where plot doesn't go, why things mm-hmm. aren't this way, and uh, kind of helped a lot of my notes too. Uh, but um, <laughs> but also, yeah, I, I do when it talks about Mariah Carey, I do want to give that note there uh, where she was going through a lot of shit at this point. Um, she was, uh, she said later on, that was probably like one of the worst times of her life while she was making this. Um, so I don't want to, she didn't do a good performance, but also I do want to note of of how but she was going through hell personally as they made it um well, so again, to be have fair, an effect in there she didn't give a good performance because she's not an actor yeah i mean she's her she is a singer she is not a singer who can cross over into acting she is not a good actor because i've yeah. seen her do she's done some of the hallmark movies since then she is still she was not pretty all right and precious you know not not great but she was oh, okay. i forgot she was in precious there you go yeah. i forgot she was in precious she's not a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be essentially playing herself for yeah. most of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is, and there are some singers that can make that crossover, obviously. Yeah. And there, <laughs> you know, not every, not every singer that has amazing, like, like charismatic stage presence is going to be able to translate that on, you know, on film mm-hmm. uh, period. You're just, you're just, they're just, it's just, it is a very rare bird that can really do both, you know? Yeah. And that's why I think, um, that's why I think uh, the uh, Star is Born remake uh, with Lady Gaga was kind of a pleasant surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, that was she a fantastic film. Sort of she does have it, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. I'm not going to uh, call it a fantastic film, but she does good in it. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, keep singing, Mariah. Keep singing. 
Mm-hmm. Don't don't quit your day job. <laughs> but I do want to note a couple of the other oddities of of the film. I think of why maybe it got where it did where uh, the weird scene transitions, especially at the beginning, a lot of the whiteouts and then that weird fireworks change. Yeah. There's a couple other ones like that where it kind of just like fades in, fades out um in odd connections that seem kind of like okay this seems a little off but mm-hmm. trying to do something you know that's all i'll give them that but um and the kind of weird camera movements with the noises that went with it i already done serenity sweeps for anyone who's seen serenity but um yeah which he directed Vondi curtis hall directed one episode of of uh, firefly actually. oh i was talking about the oh you were talking about serenity the other last year <laughs> yeah the, the crappy serenity movie from last year sorry no, but he, right. he did, yeah you know little trivia note he directed an episode of firefly and a lot of other tv so there you go and a couple of weird like speed view. ups and slowdowns and especially walking through the bar like there were there were moments i don't know if he was trying to you know trying to push through a scene or make something more visually interact you know visually interesting and didn't work or uh first time director just try these things but i don't know some cover of, up some of the bad acting that too yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> if we speed it up we can only have her speak <laughs> well because again let's be let's be real it's not just mariah who is not doing good acting in that movie <laughs> this is true it's it's kind of bric-a-brac with a lot of not good acting yeah even people who know better you know i like for example one of the pr people is ann magnuson who's who's a character actress who's done a lot of really good stuff She's also a very interesting musician who used to be in a band called Bongwater, of all things. But, uh, you know, she's been she's been doing character roles for a long time now. And she's done some very good work in a lot of stuff. But uh, she's playing a caricature here and she's playing it like a character, mm-hmm. like like everyone else, like almost everyone else in the movie, pretty much. Is there, you know, I. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm kind of exhausted as far as other things to talk about yeah, in regards I, to this movie. You know, there's not a lot most, of depth to yeah. like start. You know, unraveling with it. it exactly, it, it, uh, is what it is, and you got it. And hopefully, people who listen in to be like, oh, I love this movie. And I love Mariah Carey. I'm going to listen to it so I can hate it. Hopefully, hope you guys uh, understand that yeah, we didn't uh, really rip too mad on it. Like I think most of us are kind of lukewarm, <laughs> if anything, on it. Well, you know? and and the thing is, I think that even even like diehard Mariah Carey fans are not going to be able to argue with the fact that the script has kind of fallen short and that it's not a great movie, you know? Right. It, it gives the bare minimum requirement of what a Mariah Carey fan would want, which is a lot of Mariah Carey and some songs, for better or for worse, however that's worse. delivered, all that stuff is in there. So, well, you know? It also doesn't mean, I mean, I certainly love some movies that are not very good good apologize for the sirens coming from my end um i mean i look at like halloween five i fucking love halloween five and i know people hate on it i don't care i don't i know it's not a good movie i still love it so just because something you can know something isn't good and still enjoy it so if you're somebody who loves glitter good for you love glitter like I, I love yes. my bad movies and that's why yeah. I started doing this podcast is because exactly. I, I watch these and I like to talk about them, even if it is kind of fun to rag on them sometimes and other times we really like enjoy them. Uh, as and sometimes we're last, like, this isn't as bad as, as people think it is. It doesn't deserve yeah. the label of being as bad a movie as it is. Exactly. And I would, I would, you know, agree with that in regards to glitter. I mean, it's, it's not a good movie by any measure, but God, there's so much worse. I mean, God, you know, 
I can't, I can't comprehend, you know, put this next to say septic man. <laughs> <laughs> or a week four uh, episode, if you want to go back. To yeah. That. Thank you. Uh, a quick shout out plug to the previous episodes. Um, and there, it's no contest. I mean, this is like, you know, you know, this is, this is again, you know, it's inoffensive piffle that does what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if it was, if it was, uh, if it was a report card, you'd give it like a C minus. Yeah. That's, a C, that's you know? C minus seems about, about right. You know? Yeah. And you I, know, as you know, it's probably low hanging fruit to kind of go after this movie and at the time, it's why it ends up where it's at on, on Metacritic, um, which is how we base these. I didn't mention at the beginning, but if you listen to this first time, I picked the movie based upon two, picking a random year from Metacritic, uh, met it from 2005 and now, and I mean, 2005, 1965 and now, and I go and find the worst movie of that particular year. And that's what I base it on rather than, Oh, I hate this movie. I talk about it. Or this movie's notorious, you know? Um, and that, in this case, I watched it because I watched it, you know, but if I pulled up 2001, it would have been the second week normally. So, um, well, but speaking I'm of not- that, I'm not angry that I watched this movie. What what did yeah. we watch last week? I can't even remember. Ha- Haunting a Sharon Tate. I'm I'm angry I watched that movie. I'm not angry I watched this movie. I'm yeah. angry I watched Haunting of Sharon Tate again, partially because I have an inability to remember anything about it each time I watch it. Because uh, I couldn't even remember I watched it. I was like, shit, what did what we watch movie? What, what, what movie? And it was again? the second time I'd seen it. And that's Haunting of Sharon Tate for last week. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a week See? ago we talked about that, Tony. I'm joking. Believe it or not, I'm joking. Um, it but yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's icky and unmemorable. Sometimes, did you just say sometimes? You're not uh, going to. So edit I should it mention out. next week's episode uh, before we wrap up for the day. Uh, so next week, I, I, I'm still going to delay Daddy Day Camp because um, I realized I'm looking at Metacritic that there is a new worst of 2020. Um, that we didn't talk about the previous worst 2020 that was fantasy island uh but i do want to kind of keep up when think whatever the worst movie of this particular year is in this case 2020 i do want to kind of keep that active um so pairing on netflix last week with the average of 15 um is the last days of american crime so it's now next week i'll be watching all two hours and 40 minutes of this oh god and holy <laughs> i don't know who will join me but do uh, i hate we'll myself out. that much that's the question <laughs> yeah uh we'll, we'll figure it out as the week goes by if who i can bring in to watch this um so next week's episode will be the last days of american crime this week was glitter uh, this is our eighth week uh check on everything else at the worst movie of the year dot transistor fm <laughs> for previous episodes or on itunes or cityfeet.com has everything on there along with everything else that we work on here because this is a you know second podcast for this group um as we say goodbye, I want to uh, you know, say who you are again and where we can find anything that you're working on. Uh, plug away, my friends. Uh, Kim, why don't you that, go first? I was going to say, that's that awkward silence because yeah. we're not sitting at a table anymore. Uh, what are we doing again? I'm saying my name and other things. Plug your shit. Okay. <laughs> all, my, all my shit. Uh, you can find me on a lot of different places. I apparently podcast a lot now. Uh, I have a podcast called Ghoulish Tendencies that covers true crime and ghosts and legends and lore. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, whenever this comes out, this Wednesday I'm going to be guesting on Mystic Moon Cafe, which you can also find if you just search it. Uh, and look for my tea and true crimes at Spooked in Seattle or classes that I'll be teaching virtually in theater and apparently horror films and short films and screenwriting for at Youth Theater Northwest or Studio East. Woo! All right, got Get through all out. that. 
And Bring we're also on, on the latest episode of Don't Read the Latin with Jennifer Lovell. Oh, yeah. Check I out. did that, too. Dude, you are all over the place. Oh my Welcome. God. I, 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 the, the amount of times the last few weeks I've had to say, I can't, I'm recording a podcast. It's obscene. <laughs> Oh, well, um, I'm Tony, and I continue to be a freelance writer who contributes not only to the lovely cityofgeek.com website, but also to the sunbreak.com, as well as uh, artisthome.org, and I should have something up at one or both of those websites very shortly, Um, and uh, maybe even a little something here as well, in, in writing, as well as yakking about bad movies and good movies and in between movies and finally i am bob and uh also at city of geek cv.com for everything that we are writing and talking about with our regular podcast you can find both this and that one at itunes uh, and on our youtube channel etc etc um <clears throat> you can uh, I'll, I'll be on the next episode of don't read the latin with jennifer yeah. lovelace check it out for other awesome horror people um and I think that's just just what I do is I do these and I watch films for the Crypticon Film Festival. So Crypticon will be in September. So check that out as well. Um, Crypticon! If you're looking to get a, I I have nothing to do with this, but if you're listening to this and you want to get a lot of good horror shorts and features in, the Portland Horror Film Festival is this upcoming weekend. uh, It's all streaming. You can get everything on there. I'm going to say that because I bought a ticket and I want more people to watch stuff. <laughs> oh, I, was gonna say, I didn't know they were doing it streaming. So I'll yeah, it's completely streaming. It's, really it's cool. blocks. Oh, awesome. So, uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so that was Glitter, uh, but you can find everything else that we worked on at, to, you know, at SCA Geek, at facebook.com slash Geek, or facebook.com slash the worst movie of the year, at Twitter at worst underscore movie, and at Steve Geek, and at uh, our regular website, the worst movie of the year, transistor.fm. So uh, like, comment, subscribe, share us, tell us why we're wrong, and we'll see you guys next week with the last days of American crime.